little shorter this morning, but uh, why don't you raise, arise for the reading of God's Word, and then we'll pray about, pray about these things and, um, and get into the Word. You know, how, how is it that we can live a life that's consistent and is really a reflection, reflection of Jesus and that it isn't all about ourselves and getting ahead and this type of thing. Well, it's the Word of God, and that's why we're in it every Sunday morning and Sunday night and in Bible studies throughout the week. We're in Ephesians 4. Let's start off with verse 22. And just pretend like that first word, that, isn't there. Let's start off with you. Chapter 4, verse 22. You put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to, to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of each other. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for your heart, Lord, for us. And Lord, I do think of Haiti, and I just pray in Jesus' name, thanking you, Lord, that you can show us firsthand in a place like that, in all three of those houses, Lord, the boot camp, the house of grace, Calvary Christian family, what your heart is for the least of the least. Lord, we thank you that not many who are wise are called, not many who are noble, not many who are um, excellent in the world, but you have called the least, just like those kids we were with, the least to make your glory known. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would show us, Lord, practically speaking, how is it that we go and live a life like that where we're serving the least? How is it? How can we do that? Everything in our world is telling us, no, your life's about you. My life's about me. How is it that we put that off and put on the new man? the man Jesus Christ, the God-man. And Lord, I just pray uh, for no distractions, that you would just lead us into all truth. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. One last thing, by the way, I just want to thank Pastor Scott, who uh, led that whole trip. I was very appreciative of, of, of Pastor Scott because it involved a lot of preparations prior to it. But let's talk about Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is all about being the body of Christ. <clears throat> now that sounds strange to someone who's not familiar with the language of the Bible, but the Bible says that you are the body of Christ. Ephesians 5.30 says this, it says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So when you are being the body of Christ, the world uh, should be seeing something in you the same that the world saw 2,000 years ago when it saw Jesus Christ himself. That's the whole concept of the church being the body of Christ. So the world can see that Jesus is alive. He did raise from the dead. He was ascended into heaven. And the same thing is going on today as happened 2,000 years ago. That's what we've been uh, talking about. So if you have a pen, and I, I, I hope you get into the practice of bringing a pen or a pencil uh, take it out, and I want you to underline these two words in verse 22. We're going to talk about how do we go about being the members of the body of Christ? How do we go about being the body of Christ? What do we do? Underline those two words in verse 22, put off, and then underline in those two words in verse 24, put on. Put off, put on. Put off, put on, put off, put on, put off, put on. We left off a, a couple of, of weeks ago talking about that, putting off, putting on, putting off, putting on. And there's a verse in the Bible in Galatians 6 that talks walking in the Spirit. So we talked about you know, what that kind of looks like practically. It's, it's putting off, putting on, putting off, putting on, putting off just all day. But what? What is put off and what is put on? Verse 22 says, put off the old man. And put on what? Verse 24 says, put on the new man, the new woman. And so what is this old man, new man stuff? Who is the old man and who is the new man? When a man or woman opens up their heart to Jesus Christ. And they just say, okay, God, I'm tired of being the king of my own life. Jesus, come in and take over. Be my king. The Bible says that at that moment, a supernatural birth takes place where God, the Holy Spirit, invades, comes in, takes over, and a new man is formed within you. That is, if you have ever done that, if you've done that. The Holy Spirit comes in, invades, and forms a new man, a new woman uh, within you. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 uh, puts it like this. Jesus saved us through the washing and rebirth, meaning a new birth, the birth of a new man, a new woman, and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So it's a, sort of the, a supernatural rebirth 
takes place in you. But until you die and go to heaven or Jesus returns, you're going to have to deal with something that's left over. There's going to be something left over. And it's referred in the New Testament as the old man or the outer man. So that's the new man and that's the old man. So it's good to get familiar with some of these terms. We come into the body of Christ. We come into church and uh, a lot of this language we're not familiar with, but there's a reason for the language, and words have a lot, are important, and it's under, important that we, we study them and, and grasp on to them. Now, we spent a lot of time in verse 23 last week. Verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It is all about the mind. First and foremost, when you think of the old man, the part of you that's left over, it's all about a way of thinking. It's always a a way of life at its heart is 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 not externals. It's it's about a way of thinking underneath. Uh, The old man uh, has a mind. Verse 18 says it's a darkened mind. The new man has a mind. Verse 24 says it is created according to God or in the likeness of, of God. So it's, it's, it's all about the mind and the way of thinking. The old man has a way of thinking that has man at the center. It's all about man. It's all about me. What do I want? What's best for me? What will work for me? The new way of th- uh, man, the, the, the way of thinking of the new man has God at the center, Jesus at the center. It's all about God. So God, I know what everyone else in the world is telling me to do, but what do you want? What is, what's, what's your best for my life, God? I, what's your will for my life? I, I, I hear what everyone else is telling me, but what about you? That's the new man. That's the new man's way of, of speaking. So in verse 23, when it says, be renewed, In the spirit of your mind, practically speaking, what are some, how does that work out? And that's what we finished up in two weeks ago and what we're going to continue today. Being renewed in the spirit of your mind means putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Putting off the old man, putting on the new. Off the old, on the new. Off the old, on the new. So when it says... In verse 22, let's read it together. It says, you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt, now important, according to the deceitful lust. It's referring first and foremost to the mind. The old man's mind is filled with deceitful Lust. Now, don't think of lust there as, as sexual. That's not what it's talking about, or it's a very small piece. Uh, this is just speaking about any urge of the old mind. The, the, the old mind uh, has an urge to lie because that's just the, the way the, the world thinks. A lie's just a part of it. Uh, rather, uh, um, also, the old man uh, ur- urges to steal. It urges to hate. There are urges to control people around you. And so uh, 
urges to, to satisfy yourself through power or satisfy yourself by becoming famous or, or and, and yes, satisfy yourself through sex outside of marriage. That's one of the many urges or lusts that we have. All of them are lying to you. That's why it's called in verse 22 there, a deceitful lust. A deceitful lust at the end of verse 22. Meaning an urge that lies to you. It just lies. It's lying. It's a lust that lies. Verse 22 says, put those off. In other words, I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm not going to fall for that lie anymore. That's my old way of thinking. I'm going to put it off. And you, and you, and you, and you put it off. That, that's what it means to put off. And, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago that we can actually do this with boldness and confidence. E- even though we may have led a life for 10, 20 years of just giving in to the urge or following the urge or following the lust time after time after time, for even for 20 years, the moment that we asked Jesus Christ into our life and our lives are invaded by the Holy Spirit and he forms that new man, we can with confidence put off the old man. Why? We put this verse up. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, too, we're still in sort of review mode here because it says, knowing this, that our old man, that includes you if you're in Christ, was crucified with Jesus. That means when you, that picture of Jesus on the cross, uh, hanging on the cross when he was there, your old man was there with him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he was made sin for us. In other words, he was made your old man. Your old man was put on him. And because sin requires God's judgment, and the judgment is death, Jesus was killed. He was executed. He was executed for you, knowing this, that your old man was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, meaning the power... It has over you. We still have an old man until we die, but the, it says right here that the body of sin is done, done away with, meaning, meaning that power that we have to just follow the urge for the rest of our life. It's been done. And then it conti- uh, finally, at the end of Romans 6, 6, it says that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Why can we confidently, with boldness, put off the old woman? Because of this, because of the cross. Now, why is it that we can confidently uh, be put on the new woman, the new man? Why is it that we can have confidence when we do that? Why can we have boldness when we do that? Anyone know? Want to shout it out? Jesus died, and then what happened? It's the resurrection life. So Romans 6, 5 can we get Romans 6, 5? There you go. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. So when you picture the cross, you need to picture you on it. But it doesn't end there. The story doesn't end there. That's why when I speak, when we talk with Easter with people, it's, 
I tell people it's the most important day in the history of the world. It says, because, and although we're united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. That's why it's just not, it's just, it's not like magic words or just saying something and being positive thinking, I'm going to put on this new man, this new woman. No, it's a reality that happened 2,000 years ago. Jesus died, and when he died, you, you were old man was with him there, and he rose from the dead, and now your new man, your new woman is united to him. Amen. And that's why you can, with confidence, with boldness, put off and put on, put off and put on, put off and put on. Okay. So is everyone with me? Yeah? No? Yeah. All right. We're talking about being a member of the body of Christ in a practical way. That, that, that means uh, actually many different things, but um, that can mean many different things. It includes our ministry in the church, being the body of Christ. But we're talking this morning about practically walking in the Spirit, putting off and putting on, putting off and putting on, putting off and putting on. Allowing the life of Christ in you to be manifest to those around you. Being the body of Christ. It's all about putting off the old mind, the mind of the old woman, putting on the mind of the new man. Well, let's put on one extra verse here on that. I just want, I can't emphasize this enough. It's all about the mind, brothers and sisters. Colossians 3.10 says, put on the new man who is being renewed in knowledge. Being a member of the body of Christ, a radical new way of thinking. Listen, when you when the Holy Spirit invaded, it was a revolution. The old was destroyed. He brought on the new. So to summarize all this new way of thinking, again, you're going to be faced all day, every day with the world, with a way of life that wants to suck you in, and, and you will find that there's a part of you that wants to be sucked in. If that's your old man, your old woman. What do you do? How do you respond? So at the end of uh, the last message, I had just a, a little list here, and, and this is just a way of thinking. What's your response? An urge comes in. The urge is from the old man, the woman. How do you respond to this? This is all day. This is a, almost like a prayer language. We use that term. You know, We didn't need to develop a prayer language. And that's a whole nother sermon in itself, but it includes this type of thing. As you're responding to things in your life that, that come upon you, trying to suck you in, there's an urge to go for it, number one, just if you have to speak it audibly, do it. I'm a new creature in Christ with a new mind. And, and that urge is a lie. It, it comes from the old man whose mind is darkened, shut out from the life of God. And the old man, the old woman was put onto Christ. My old man, my old woman was put onto Christ and it was crucified. It no longer has power over me. 
The new man has been joined to the resurrected Christ. So old man, I just put you off. New woman, I put you on. This is the new mind, the new way of thinking of a believer. This is being the body of Christ, just a practical way of thinking, way of life that it is. So let's get even more practical here. Let's get back into Ephesians 4. Now, verse 25 through 29 provide a series of examples of what you actually put off. So let's go through them. Verse 25 says, Therefore, put away lying. Put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of each other. So here's the old way of thinking. Sean, can we get the, can we get the list back up, starting with no If we can put all six of them in, in well, I guess that's fine. You can just put three. That's fine. I'm going to be referring back to this. So it says, put off lying. So here's what the world, this is the world, is telling us, if I don't lie here, I'm going to get into trouble. If I don't lie here, I'm not going to get what I want. Lying is the only way for me to get ahead in life. It's the only way to protect myself. It's the only way to get ahead. It's the only way to survive. That's a lie. It's a deceitful lust. It's the mind of the old man. And so you just, you, you, you go uh, to um, this way of thinking, wait, I'm a new creation, creature in Christ with a new mind, and, and, and that thought, that urge is not part of my new mind. That urge is a lie. It, it comes from the old man, which is darkened, the old man, which was put on the cross, number three, number four, the new man is who I've been joined to. And the new man says, verse 25, put away lying and let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. And so then it's the putting off. I'm sorry, I'm putting off that urge. And it's the putting on of the new man. The new man that says, put away lying and let each of you Speak truth with his neighbor. So verse 26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, meaning anger, nor give place to the devil. If I don't give this person a piece of my mind, they are going to take advantage of me. If I don't give them a few lashes with my tongue for what they did to me, surely they are going to do that same thing to me next week. If I don't show them some heat here, some heavy and hot words, they will get away with what they did. Responding in anger is the only way to protect myself. It's the only way to get ahead. It's the only way to survive. That's a lie. It's a deceitful lust. It's the mind of the old man. Can we go back to number one? And I'm a new creation of Christ. And that urge 
to get angry, to lash them with my tongue. It comes from the old man. That thing's been put, number three, on the cross. And number four, my new man has been joined to the resurrected Christ so I can confidently say, this anger urge I'm having, be gone. <laughs> get out of here. And I can confidently say, come on, new man. I'm on you, the resurrected Christ, who says, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So by the way, just as an aside, there is an anger. Notice how it says, be angry and do not sin. There is an anger that is not sinful. When Jesus went into the temple and overturned the tables and drove out the money changer, he was red hot mad and angry. That's an example of being angry and not sin because he was angry because they were ripping off the people. Listen, when other people's lives were being hurt, he was angry. However, when his own life was being hurt, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 through 23, when he was insulted, when he was physically beaten, when he was unjustly treated, he did not respond in anger, the Bible says, but he committed himself to those who judge justly. When your feelings have been hurt, when someone is cussing you out or cutting you off or they sh the bank teller shuts down at 4.58, I'm sorry. Your feelings getting hurt, your pride, your, your sense of unfairness is not an excuse for anger. You say, that sounds crazy. Yeah, well, it's supernatural. <laughs> And the world needs to see the body of Christ. The Bible says that when Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has Need. Oh, what's wrong with a four-letter word every once in a while? After all, I don't want someone to think I'm a holy roller or something. I got to use a crap or a damn every once in a while. Make them feel comfortable with me. Hey, did you notice Mary Jane? Those tight clothes she's been wearing and, and man all the guys she's been talking with you know we really need to pray for her I just got ahead of myself that's the next verse <laughs> see some of you were some of you were nodding your heads congratulations <laughs> So let's go to 29 and go back after that to 28. Verse 29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, meaning building up, that it may impart grace, meaning a gift to the hearers. Okay, let's try it again. Did you see Mary Jane this morning? The cleavage? 
did you see that? How low that dress was? And, and the guys she was hitting on? We need to pray for her. What's wrong with a four-letter word every once in a while? Crap, damn, I just want people to feel comfortable with me. Hey, Bill, nice shirt. Where'd you buy that, at the dollar store? Did you see what our boss just did? What a loser. He's no idea what he's doing. Who hired him anyway? Number one. I'm a new creature in Christ with a new mind. And the urge to participate in that is a lie. It comes from the old man, number two, whose mind is darkened and shut out from the life of God. Number three, the old man was put onto Christ on the cross. It no longer has power over me. Number four, the new man has been joined to the resurrected Jesus Christ. So I can, with confidence, with the power of the Holy Spirit given to me because Jesus poured it out to me after he resurrected and went to heaven, I can say, old man, I put you off. And new man, the new man that says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for building up that it may impart a gift to your hearers, I'm going to put that on. Okay, now back to verse 28. Back up to verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. And by the way, I don't plan things with Mike McMillan. Um, and it's the verse that he quoted during his presentation. So, if I claim all that money I got this year on my tax return, I may not be able to get by. Hmm, I just got back this bill. Restaurant for my food. They didn't charge me for those nachos I got. My lucky day. Well, I know I'm driving the company car, which is for company business only, but I really need to go across town to pick up those shirts I left at the dry cleaners. Or my favorite, I'm going to go. I'm just going to get that lottery ticket. This may be my day. It's a lie. The new man says, number one, I'm a new creature in Christ. And those are all urges of the old life. Are you buying a lottery ticket? Yeah, that's the old life. If that's what you're trusting in. It says, let a man work. Verse number two, that urge of lie, it comes from the old man which is darkened, shut out from the life of God. Number three, the old man, woman, was put on, uh, onto Christ on the cross. That urge that I'm having to steal or get rich quick, that's, that was put on the cross. That's no part of me anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ. Number four, the new man has been joined to the resurrected Christ. That means I'm empowered to say, I don't want any more of you. I don't want any more of you, old man. The Bible says 
let him who stole steal no longer, but let, rather let him work with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Put off, put on. Put off, put on. Put off, put on. Being the body of Christ. Walking with the Spirit. Put off, put on. Put off, it, put on. I assure you that over time... As the months, years go by, it will get easier and easier and easier to put off the old man and put on the new. Always will be seasons, a few days or weeks where things get crazy and they're as difficult as ever, but on the whole, things will get a lot easier over time. I'm going to end with, close with this. These series of put-offs, put-off lying, put-off getting angry, put-off stealing, put-off your corrupt language. It ends with verse 30. Really interestingly, it ends with this verse in Ephesians 4.30. Read with me, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. By the way, if anyone ever tries to convince you that once you become a Christian, you can lose your salvation, you just take them to this verse. It says, for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, meaning sealed, done. When God seals something, no one can get in or out for that matter. It's done until the day of redemption. But it talks here about the Holy Spirit being grieved, meaning being getting upset, becoming disappointed. What is your motive? If I could just ask you, what, why do you, if, 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 if you don't lie anymore, why, why do you do it? If you don't blow your top anymore, what's your motive? If you don't steal, if you've stopped all the foul language and the gossip and the sarcasm, things that don't impart a gift on others, if you stop that, why? Is it because you want to make sure that you're doing good enough that maybe someday you'll get into heaven? Well, that's crazy. Jesus' last words on the cross were, it is done. What is done? Everything that's needed for you to be in eternity forever. And your your redemption sealed. Your motive for godly living. Your motive, the reason why you want to not lie, not cheat, not steal. The reason you, you want your language imparting a gift on others is to please God is to thank God. Your whole life should be a thank you note to God. But let me tell you, when there's lying in your life, when there's stealing, when there's anger and a pattern of those things, the Bible says we, in, in James that we all stumble in many ways, but if your life is characterized by just gossip and complaining and, and, and slander. The Bible says you grieve the Holy Spirit. In a sense, just picture it like this. Your salvation, your relationship with God is so secure 
Do you really have asked him to come in as the king of your life? It's like being, you're, you're, you're more or less in a bottle with the Holy Spirit. You're in a bottle. You're, it, it's been sealed and you can't get out. And, and the Bible says the fruit of the Holy Spirit, in other words, the who the Holy Spirit is, it's who Jesus is. It looks like Jesus. It's kindness, love, peace, self-control, goodness, faithfulness, patience. And when your life is in a pattern that is not like that, you're lying, you're, st- you're stealing, you're, you're talking in this way, the Holy Spirit's bottled up with you. He's grieved. He doesn't want to... Be, he, he, the, you, the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's not happy to be a part of that pattern in your life. He's grieved. And so our motive... For, all, for putting off and putting on and putting off and putting on. Ultimately, the reason we want to do it, we want to bless God. We want to bless the Holy Spirit of God, not grieve Him. We don't want Him weeping and uh, because of our behavior. We want Him smiling because of our behavior. Interesting thing, it doesn't say... Um, in verse 30, it doesn't say, and, don't, and do not make the Holy Spirit of God angry. Once you're a Christian, don't be going around thinking God is angry at you when you sin. Because all that anger, all that wrath was put on Jesus on the cross. That was the punishment. The, the anger is no longer there. Or at the minimum, it's, long-suffering anger. It's, but you, it, it's grieving him. It's upsetting him. Like a parent with a child. Uh, I've, I've just, my, my, three of my kids are adults now. And if anything that I've learned over time, getting angry does not work very well. <laughs> but when your kids can see your tears even, when they fall into sin, I tell you, that's a motivator. And that's how God is, the Holy Spirit is with you. So I'm going to call the worship team up. Thank you for the patience. We've gone a few uh, minutes over. But I'm also going to call up, uh, if you have been asked to pray, if you could come up now. And we're just going to close out now with a worship song. And during the worship song, as we're worshiping, as the worship team is playing, if there is something that I've said that has just stirred you up kind of to a call to action, man, I need to, something needs to change in my life. Come up and pray with us. I'm going to be up here. So for example... You may never in your life have made Jesus the king of your life. So that revolution where the Holy Spirit came in and destroyed the old and brought in the new may may never have happened in your life. Let me tell you, if you try to go live a life day to day without lying, without stealing, having words come out of your mouth that impart gifts and not drag people down, if you try doing that in your own strength, Forget about it. It's impossible. It's not, it's not going to happen. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. More importantly, Jesus, who died on the cross, who took our 
sin, our old man, the old man, the old woman of every woman and man who ever lived in the world took it on upon himself. And yes, it says that the wrath of God punished him instead of you. Why? Because God's holy. And, he's, and the Bible says he can't let the guilty go unpunished. Otherwise, he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be holy. He wouldn't be a just judge. But the sentence of God, the holy judge, was to punish his son rather than you. If you have not said, God, I accept what was done for me. I deserve that judgment. It went on Jesus and inst- uh, instead, forgive me. Please, Jesus, come in. I need you. Now, if you've never, d- never done that, please come up. Come up and, and, and pray through that. Or if there's anything about this old man, new man, old woman, new woman thing that you'd like to pray about, Man, when we get just in the area of our tongue, I got to tell you, I've been walking with the Lord now for 29 years. I still have a way to go. That what comes out of my mouth imparts a gift on those I'm speaking to. If you would just like prayer for that or for the lying thing or the stealing thing or the anger thing or anything else thing that belongs to the old man or the outer man, the old woman, the outer woman. Just come up and, and we will pray about it. So I want you to stand and we will close with this worship song. Please come up for prayer if you need it. Let me, let me, let me close out in prayer and then we'll sing. Father, I just thank you for this. For this good news, Lord, that because of what you did, Jesus, on the cross. We can now join ourselves to you, the resurrected Lord, the ascended, the ascended into heaven, Lord, and, and we can with confidence be your body, the body of Christ. We just thank you for this privilege, Lord. And I pray that all these words today, Lord, would just absorb into our hearts, Lord, including mine, Lord. I need this so much. We all need it. We thank you for the resurrected life by which we can walk by your Spirit. Lord, that's who we want to be. Let our lives today be a thank you note to you, Lord. And each day this week, as we renew our spirit by the renewing of our mind, in Jesus' name, Amen.